look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money here with Dave and Faisal. Uh, Faisal, we've done a lot of shows on Alzheimer's. I'm, I'm sure most people know, uh, you know, generally have an idea of dementia and what, what dementia and Alzheimer's is. Um, uh, and we've talked about impacts. I'm not sure we've necessarily talked about the social impacts of it uh, a ton. We've got Mary Schultz joining us today. She's the Director of Education at the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Mary, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. You know, uh, I want to explore this social side uh, just a little bit because, um, you know, I think I think we're all generally guilty of um, of what we believe to be sort of simple um, little comments, maybe jokes when you forget something about, uh, oh, you know, that's my Alzheimer's kicking in or something along mm-hmm. those lines. And, and they're meant for the vast majority of cases to be very innocent. But I think it speaks to something about the stigma. Uh, attached. So uh, the impact that that might have on somebody who is suffering from uh, dementia or Alzheimer's, if they were to hear that. And I'd I'd love to get your take on this. Well, you're absolutely right, Dave. I think um, there's a saying that we tend to make jokes about the things that scare us the most. And I think that has some validity here. We know um, anecdotally, but we also know from surveys that we've done across the country that Canadians are very worried about getting a form of dementia. Part of the reason they're worried about that is, of course, it's a very difficult disease to live with, Mm -hmm. but they also have a lot of misconceptions about the disease. But that said, I think we do make jokes because we are so worried. It's kind of like crossing your fingers behind your back and hoping that it's not going to happen to you. But you're quite right, Dave, that you know, Canadians are compassionate people. We don't make fun of people who are ill or who have a condition that they're struggling with. And what I often say to people, if, if you saw someone with a, a white cane or you saw someone with a seeing eye dog, chances are you'd, you're probably your first reaction would be admiration that they're out and about doing their life in, their, in the community. And you might even approach them and ask them if they needed a hand. But when we see someone with dementia, we are kind of afraid to approach them. And we, we don't have a lot of good information about that. So we do tend to make jokes about things, I think, that frighten us. Well, and there's some, there's, there can be some awkwardness, too, right? If you're having a conversation with somebody suffering dementia and there's some short-term memory impairment and, you know, they're asking you the same question over and over, there tends to be a bit of a, a social awkwardness attached to that. Uh, I, I mean, I see that. I, I live that um, for real because I've got a, a parent who's suffering from uh, from Alzheimer's and dementia. And, you know, you can see that with her friends and so on and so forth. And it, you know, it's a bit heartbreaking to uh, to yeah. see that. So let's maybe just talk about some of the uh, the myths of Alzheimer's. So you've mentioned this, we've got this fear. I think that's pervasive and, and in many cases very true. But what are some of the myths that people should, we should educate people about that might help them uh, avoid some of these things? Well, probably number one when we're talking about stigma is the, when we think about someone with Alzheimer's disease or any other form of dementia, we tend to fast forward to the very end of the disease course. So in other words, we tend to pick Picture somebody who is perhaps in a wheelchair, perhaps living in a nursing home, perhaps nonverbal, maybe not 
recognizing family and friends. And that can happen as the disease progresses because it is a brain disease. But that can happen 10, 15 years after diagnosis. So what I think the biggest problem is that people with dementia are facing from what they tell us is that if I'm here talking to you today and I'm diagnosed tomorrow with some form of dementia, I'm not really any different than I was today. Right. That doesn't, things don't change that quickly. And what happens, unfortunately, because we automatically assume the person has become completely incapable virtually overnight, we tend to do very um, abrupt and um, dismissive behaviors. Like we might say, oh, Mary can no longer come to the book club because there's no way she would follow the, the book. She can't go to a movie with us. She wouldn't follow the plot. She can't come to the church choir anymore because she can't follow the music. Um, instead of saying to Mary, um, what can I do to support you? Do you need any help right now? Maybe you're basically doing okay for now, but because I value our friendship or I want you to keep involved with our community or whatever it might be, or I want you to stay as a volunteer or whatever, we need to keep talking about what you need to continue to do well and we're happy to support you in that, just as we would someone who was diagnosed with MS mm -hmm. or cancer. We would accommodate. We would support. And uh, it's a two-way street, Dave, that people not don't always think about actually asking, how can I support? But people with dementia themselves often don't think they have a right to be accommodated in the workplace, in volunteer organizations, in the community but they are people just like everyone else with the same rights as everyone else. And we need to accommodate just as we do any other condition. That's a good point, Mary. I just wanted to kind of jump in and say, you know, what, what can the, the companies, businesses, government, institutions out there, can, what can they do to have the compassion and the accommodation for people who are going through this? Right. Well, we, you know, it may seem odd to your listeners to even imagine a person with dementia still being in the workforce. But first of all, we know people right now are working mm -hmm. with dementia and maybe haven't even been diagnosed yet. So I think it is important for organizations like workplaces and employers, but also volunteer organizations to just accept as a fact that as we age as a society, the odds of you having somebody in your workforce or volunteer force that has a form of dementia are pretty darn high. You may have them already. That's pretty, pretty likely. But even if not, you may as well start to accept that this is going to become an issue. And it's also because people are being diagnosed earlier in the disease course. So there's lots of reasons for that. But at the end of the day, we are seeing people in their prime of their working lives being diagnosed in their 50s, and early 60s. So because for most people, they don't have a dramatic change overnight and a very fast progression, the odds are they are going to be working for at least a little while. And as they work, they need to make plans for exiting the workforce or changing their volunteer commitment. So the obligation is on the employer and the person who's been diagnosed to have a conversation about, this is my reality. I need help with continuing to fulfill my responsibilities and to plan ahead. So let's work together on that just as we would, again, if someone came to you and said, I've been diagnosed with a form of cancer. I don't know how the treatment's going to go. I may do well for a few years. I may not. Or I'm already having these issues. We need to work together on that. Mary, I think you've made some excellent points. We have to leave it at that point. Um, but thank you very much. We appreciate your input and the education and just raising the social awareness about this. It's not going to get any easier uh, for, our, you know, for the Canadian demographic as we age. Thank you so much, Dave and Faisal. Mary Schultz joined us, Director of Education at the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. 
Uh, Faisal, we've got a seminar coming up. Now, listen, healthcare is going to be a part of, um, of everybody's reality as we age. Whether it's Alzheimer's or not, we, we hope not, right? But the fact of the matter is, as we age, we, uh, our, our goals and objectives change as a family and from a lifestyle perspective. And we want to address that specifically. Yeah, and let me, let me put my biases on the platform right out the gates by saying that I believe that Canadians in general will be spending more out-of-pocket for healthcare services in the future than they ever did before. And so that is a big concern amongst people who are transitioning to or living in retirement. Mm -hmm. Will they have the money to cover that? As well, will they have the money to maintain the lifestyle that they have? Those are big concerns. And so we're going to discuss that. And we're going to show the strategies behind protecting that on Tuesday, January 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or go to our website at morethemoneyradio.com. You know, I think, uh, I think you raise a really good point in terms of how to tie it all you know, tie it all together, right? Um, and here's what I want to say to people is when you put together a financial plan, which becomes part of the foundation of your retirement plan, right? The, none of these things are static. Correct. They're going to change. And guess what? Healthcare or health, health events are often one of those material life changes that trigger things, trigger people to make changes in things, Absolutely. right? And so I think, uh, I think you have to recognize that this isn't a set and forget. This is something that we, uh, we put in place, and then you have to go back and review on a regular basis. Okay, I want to encourage you as we, uh, as we part here for a break, uh, join us after the break for a discussion on whether Canada should become a medical tourism destination. How do you feel about that here on 770 CHQR and More Than Money? David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.